you interested in proving the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? Have you struggled with finding the will of God for your life? Many people do, and I know I have in the past as well. Let's take a look at the word, building on some of the things we talked about in the previous video, about the renewing of the mind. And see if we can discover some nuggets today that will help us understand how we can move into that. But let's begin in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, which is where we see Paul talking about this. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So I asked you, are you interested in proving the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? And we see right here Paul telling us how to do that. Let's read it again. It says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove the good acceptable. So how do we do it? We do it just like we talked about in the previous video, by the renewing of our mind, by the making new. By the What we do is, in the previous video, I, I used the illustration of the homeless gentleman who took the book of Philippians. He would read a verse, he would speak the verse, he would hear himself speaking the verse, and they would take a swig of alcohol to prove that there was no power in the gospel. But as he did this, the Word of God began to renew his mind, and it released the power of God into his physical body, where he, and he became del delivered from alcoholism. It didn't happen the first day, it didn't happen the second day, it didn't happen the first month. It happened over a period of time as he read day after day, you know, hour after hour. He would read, he would drink until he would pass out, then he would start over. But Paul tells us not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed. We're transformed, we're made new, we're renewed by the renewing of our minds. By the, you know, In Ephesians, he calls it the washing of the water of the word. But let's back up and let's look at some things that I've noticed and observed over the years. First of all, in verse 1, Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So the first step is we present our bodies. You know, we, in Romans chapter 10, it says we believe in our heart, we confess Jesus as our Lord, and that's how we are born again, we're saved. But then once, you are, once you've accepted Jesus as your Lord, once you become a Christian, you have to present your body as a living sacrifice to him. One thing that I observed over the years is that we're very focused on the input of our five physical senses. We're not, as a whole, as a majority, it seems that most Christians are more focused on the input of their five physical senses than they are on the things of the Spirit, on the Word of God. When you hear them talk, and this is something God's been really been working in my heart over the past few months, is developing more of an awareness of my inner man. Because when you're saved, and I referenced in 2 Corinthians 5.17 yesterday, where Paul said, you know, behold, all things have become new. That doesn't refer to your body or your soul, which is your mind, will, intellect, and emotions. 
You look the same after you become after you receive Christ as your Savior. You think the same, but inside there's a change. Your spirit is completely recreated into a new being that didn't exist before. Your new creation in Christ Jesus is what the Bible says. The Bible refers to this as process as being born again. But then once we receive Christ, once we are born again, we have to begin to make an effort. We present our bodies. We begin to take the word, meditate upon it, look at it, ponder it, think about it, allow it to change the way our thinking is. What happens is a lot of people, because they're so focused on the input of the five physical senses, our services, when you look at services today, you know, we seem to format our services in a way that is appealing to people's senses. We, it's almost like we're putting on a show versus seeking him. We have the lights, we have, you know, perfect music, we practice, everything has to be just so. It's almost like going to a show versus listening to the word because we want to be entertained. We want to experience things. We want to see the things that are visually appealing. We want to hear, you know, we want a sensory experience. You hear people talk about, oh, I felt the spirit of God moving in service today. Or I just want to feel his presence. Well, first of all, you are spirit. God is spirit. In the book of John, he says that he is spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Truth referencing the word of God. When God communicates with you, he communicates with you through the spirit, through your spirit. He does not communicate through your physical being. Yes, there have been people who have had open visions that could that saw or heard him with their physical ears or their physical eyes, but this is not the normal way that God operates. He communicates with us through our spirits. And if, sometimes it's a very still small voice. Sometimes you'll feel prompting, you know, to go left instead of right. For example, uh, several years ago, we're working in a, in a mission. I was scheduled to minister on a Wednesday night. I was late that night, one night, and as I'm coming to the entrance of our neighborhood, I normally would turn right. That's the fast, you know, the, the mission was to the, was to the right, but you're pulling out in the four-lane road, um, state highway, and as I'm coming up to the light, I'm late. The natural urge is, let's just get there. Let's go quickly. But there was just an inkling and urging to turn left instead of going to the right. I listened to that because I've spent enough time with him to understand and to recognize that that was him prompting me. He didn't speak in an audible voice. It wasn't, you know, turn left instead of right. It was just an inkling within me that I needed to turn left instead of turning right. I got in the left turn lane just as the light turned green. There wasn't an arrow, but the light turned green. And the car behind me turned right because we had a green light now. In a car coming the other direction, ran the red light, 
and sideswiped him. Now, would God have protected them, the person behind me, just as he protected me? Yes. Would he have protected me if I had ignored that prompting and turned right instead of turning left? At the least, it would have been an accident. And that's a lot of times we don't recognize this voice because we're so focused on sensory input. We want to have a physical feeling. We want to have goosebumps. We seek voices. We should be seeking him within his word. It says, we present our bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. That's the first step. And that's where a lot of people, they'll present their bodies, they commit to him, they give their lives to him, they surrender to him, but that's as far as they go. They stop right there. They flock to services where they can have an experience, where their feelings, you know, can be accommodated, where they're entertained. But there's more. Paul didn't just stop there and say, Present your bodies, commit to God, surrender to God. He went on and said, do not be conformed to this world. The word conform comes from a Greek word that basically is like a mold. Do not be molded into the shape of this world. And you look at the way we live, especially this time with the coronavirus, you can hear Christians talk about you know, all the statistics, all this and that, whether we should have the vaccine, whether we should not have the vaccine, because they've spent so much time studying that. They've spent so much time meditating upon that. Other people, when you talk to them, they can, t they can tell you all about their favorite sports team. They can tell you about statistics of players. They can tell you this and, you know, what their records are, season records, so on and so forth. Because they're, what they have done is they've spent so much time thinking about their favorite sports team, thinking about coronavirus, thinking about the news headlines. You know, I live in the United States and there's a lot of disagreement, a lot of ungodly things being done at the government level. There are Christians who can tell you all the bad things this politician did, all the bad things that politician did, but would struggle to be able to quote one or two verses from the Bible. These same people then are praying and crying out to God for him to pour out his power. We're not experiencing the power. Yes, in the last video we talked about, we started with where Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God into salvation. If the gospel is truly the power of God into salvation, why are we not seeing the power manifest in much greater depth in our midst and in our services? I submit to you that it's most likely, could it be the fact that We've allowed ourselves to be conformed, to be molded into the image of this world more than into the image of God, because we're taking time to renew our minds to the newscast, to the latest headlines, to the you know statistics about the pandemic, to our favorite sports teams. Are there anything wrong with looking at the news every now and again? I'm not saying that. God will love you just as much if you spend hours watching the news headlines as if you don't. The question, though, is, do you want to walk in the power of God? Do you want to see his power manifesting on a day-by-day -day basis? And the thing we're seeing is 
we're not experiencing the power, I believe, at the level that he desires us to walk. We can look back, we can see, you know, great ministers, men and women of God, Kenneth E. Hagan, Oral Roberts, Amy Sinful McPherson, Smith Wigglesworth. We can see what God did in their lives. We can look back at great revivals like Azusa Street. And it is exciting and it's great to look at and see that. But each of those people, each of those events, revivals, were a moment in time in history. God is a progressive God. What we saw in the past in their lives shouldn't be something that surprises us. That should be something that should be normal, something that we should expect as we're serving in God, pursuing God. But because we haven't taken the time to renew our minds to his word, to his way of thinking, because we stop at salvation, we stop at presenting our bodies, stop at making a commitment, because we're seeking an experience rather than a person, we're not experiencing the power. God never stopped moving just because Smith Wigglesworth passed away. God never stopped moving, you know, because the Azusa Street revival ended. But I submit that maybe something changed within the church. When we look back at those things, we should be seeing something that was at a lower level than where we're operating today. But instead, we're looking back at those things, wishing we could get back to that place. But see, it should be like a stepping stone. We should have, you know, Azusa Street Revival. Then we had this revival. That, see, we should be like a ladder. We should be climbing, moving up higher with each experience with God. But see, the problem is we're not allowing the Word to transform us. We're not looking at the Word on a daily basis. I myself am guilty of this. I think back in my previous church, one day I was praying about a message. You know, we go in, we hear a message, we say, Amen, praise God. But how much time do we give thinking about that message when we leave service? And one day I was praying, and I'm as guilty as the next person. So, you know, no stone thrown here. But the Lord asked me a question. And because of being busy, time, so on and so forth, I never fully implemented what he asked me that day. But he asked me, he said, just in that still small voice where he speaks to any one of us, he said, son, what would happen if you took the message you heard today and listened to it five times before the next service and did that with every single message? Well, what would happen is the message that had been delivered that God, you know, God led me to that church. God led me to sit underneath that pastor. It was God's, God led that pastor to that message, to deliver that message. But what happens is with spiritual growth, I heard it at this level. And what you'll find is a lot of times when you listen to a message again, all of a sudden you'll start seeing things that you didn't see before. Why? Because you grew. And then you listen again and you hear some, you hear some additional things that you didn't hear before because you grew. Your mind is becoming renewed, washed. What happens, though, is we're led to a service, we're led to a message. It might be some online, it might be like this video here where you, you know, found it online. We listen to it, and then we just walk away. We're forgetful hearers. 
but we need to value the things that God is giving us. And in a sense, having such a ready availability of the Word of God is something that's almost causing more problems than we can imagine because it's easy to listen to a message and say, oh, amen, praise God, and then walk away from that message to the next message because there's so many messages available. But if the Spirit of God is speaking to us through a message, he's quickening us in that message. We need to take the word that Paul is talking about here, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to take that to heart. When we hear a message, when you're, when you're reading the scripture, when, when the Spirit of God quickens something to you, you need to go back and look at that. You need to think about it. You need to ponder it. You need to re-listen to that message. Like he asked me, what would happen if you listened five times? Well, what would happen is my mind would become renewed to the truths within the message the Spirit of God was trying to deliver to me. But so often we're just forgetful hearers. We listen to a word. We listen to a message. We're not proving the good, acceptable, perfect will of God because we become forgetful hearers is what the Bible calls it. We need to give more value to the Word of God. Going back to our previous video we talked about, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it. The gospel is the power of God. And I submit to you, the printed book that we hold in our hands has the ability to release the power of God in our lives. But we need to give it more attention. We need to give it more value in our lives. I mean, think about it for yourself. <clears throat> when you leave service on a Sunday, if you did take notes, how often do you look at those notes during the week? How often do you think about what the pastor said? Do you ever go back and re-listen to the message? When you read a book, is the Spirit of God speaking to you through it? How many times do you go back and revisit those passages to think about them, to ponder them, to meditate, to allow them to begin to penetrate into your soul, to, make, to begin changing your thinking more in line with what God's trying to speak to you. So the message today is we need to allow ourselves, we need to take time to step back and think about what are we allowing ourselves to be conformed to? What are we allowing to form our dominant thoughts? Is it the Word of God? Are we spending time with the Word on a daily basis? Or are we limiting God's ability to release His power in our lives by being a forgetful hearer? By not spending time meditating, considering, pondering His Word on a regular basis? Are we giving time for Him? Are we making time for our relationship with Him to spend time with Him? Paul said that we can prove what is our Heavenly Father's good, acceptable, perfect will by allowing our minds, our soul, our mind, will, intellect, and emotions to be renewed, to be transformed, to be made new by the Word of God. But notice, he didn't say God would prove his good, acceptable, perfect will in our lives. He said we prove it. This is not something that's done by accident. This is not something you fall into. This is something we do on purpose. We, per we choose to pursue God on a daily basis or we choose to pursue other things. We choose to allow ourselves to be distracted. The choice is ours. 
So that's the question. Are we going to be willing to set aside our daily newscasts maybe, or maybe miss a game or miss our sporting events to spend time with God, to spend time with his word, to think about it, to ponder it, to meditate upon it, to allow his power to be released in our lives. Our time is up, but I want to thank you for joining me again today. We'll continue right here tomorrow, looking at some ways that we can begin to implement this. But not only that, but look at ways by not giving attention to the word that we can limit God's ability to work in our lives. Mm -hmm.